Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Muckleshoot Casino welcomes you back with safety as our top priority. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines. Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back, and feast on a variety of delectable dining options. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Horse Racing Northwest podcast from Emerald Downs with Joe Withy and Vince Brune. Thanks for joining us again as we bring out news and info on Northwest horse racing, especially Emerald Downs. Vince, we're getting closer to opening day for 2020. Yes, sir. Less than two weeks on June 24th, Wednesday, June 24th, Thursday, June 25th, our opening week of racing will go 2.15 on the Wednesday and 5 o'clock on Thursday. So yeah, we're getting real close. Wednesday, June 24th, 2.15 p.m. opening day for our 25th season. It's going to happen as it's been quite the uh, year of 2020. It's going to be memorable for everybody on this uh, planet Earth as we're trying to get through a number of issues, but we sure are excited to get horses back on the track at Emerald Downs. So Wednesday, Thursday will be the schedule for the first several weeks. We are going to, oh, by the way, uh, we are basically closed, the Grandstand Building. The Grandstand Building is not open to the public. Uh, However, this is news this week. The Muckleshoot Casino in Auburn and the Northern Quest Casino in Spokane are going to be open for simulcast wagering starting on June 20th. And that is the day of the Belmont Stakes, not too far off, Vince. That's right, Joe. And speaking of the Belmont, we talked yesterday was the 47th anniversary of, my opinion, the greatest race of all time, Secretariat winning the 73 Belmont by 31 lengths. Yeah. And, you know, whenever I'm feeling a little down or what anything, <laughs> I'll put on that YouTube clip and it never fails to cheer me up. It gets uh, me every time. It does. It just, again, Chick Anderson's call does just get you those chills in your body is uh yes it'd been 25 years since a triple crown secretariat had all the hype after his horse of the year season at age two and uh come from behind actually last to first wins in both the derby and preakness 
Yeah. And then he just was running downhill in that Belmont Stakes. Yeah. And on the cover of Time, Newsweek, Sports Illustrated, all in the same month. Can you imagine, Joe? I mean, it was just, I wasn't even a big horse racing fan. I was 13, but I, I remember sitting in the living room watching that race. And even to my untrained eye, I could, I knew I was watching history. That was something else. And uh, actually, Mike Gastineau is going to join us next week on our Horse Racing Northwest podcast, and he is going to recap uh, a little bit of Secretariat as well, because it will be Belmont Stakes Week, and uh, Mike was a big part of uh, Secretariat Day at Emerald Downs in 2003, the 30th anniversary of his Belmont Triumph, so it'll be good to get the gas man here on Horse Racing Northwest. Our guest today will be Blaine Wright, outstanding young conditioner. And he is uh, busy this weekend. He's here at Emerald Downs for training earlier this week. He's very busy at Golden Gate this weekend, and we have a lot to talk about from him last week. In fact, let's do that right now, Vince. Uh, Have I called you Carl on the podcast yet? Because I call you that a lot, which is your real first name, by the way. A little known fact out there, podcast listeners. That is my real first name. Yeah, you call me Carl. I don't know if you've done it on the podcast yet, but of course I don't mind. Yeah, um... Plain had two starters last weekend in the stakes at Golden Gate, and they both ran really well. Um, Baja Sur, making his first start on turf, finished a real good second to the defending champion named Sluz Tiznow. And um, then uh, any port in a storm, our horse of the meeting from last year, uh, making his uh, first out of the year, ran a good third. Yeah. You know, he, he ran an, uh, a decent race. That was a, a good starting point for him. So Baja Sur, really impressive, Joe, because he was closing the gap late on a really nice horse. You know, he's getting to be just a real pro racehorse. Of course, he's undefeated here at Emerald Downs. Baja Sur, the defending Washington Horse of the Year, four for four at this track, uh, champion two-year-old in Washington, champion three-year-old last year. Uh, they know him in California well now, as uh, you just recapped his Albany performance last week, and he defeated our defending horse of the meeting, Any Port in a Storm. Both those horses trained by Blaine Wright. And, of course, Anode D'Or was in the Santa Anita Derby last Saturday. That's right, and I thought uh, he ran really well. He finished fourth. He split the seven-horse field, but he was like five and a quarter lengths ahead of the fifth-place finisher, so he was in the top flight all the way from gate to wire in that race. Much improved effort by him. Any of those people who follow Bayer, he got a career-high 94, which is real solid for a three-year-old this time of year. So it'll be interesting to see what they have in store for him. Okay, and Blaine will be joining us later on uh, this edition of Horse Racing Northwest. Hey, we have some news on a a lower takeout on one of the popular wagers in horse racing. The Superfect at Emerald Downs this season, a 15% takeout. That is going to be attractive. We figure to have good field size, especially the first several weeks with so many horses have been training since February, two-year-olds ready. Uh, So that is, uh, take note, handicappers and horse players out there, 15% Superfecta takeout. That's a bargain. Mm -hmm. So um, Superfectas are difficult. Of course, you got to pick the top four finishers in exact order, but uh, there's going to be some nice payouts. As you mentioned, Joe, a lot of horses are ready to roll here. You bet. Okay, so once again, the Muckle Shoot and the Northern Quest Casinos. Now, they have different rules. That's why they are going to be open. Uh, Indian casinos can kind of do their own thing. They follow the government uh, rules and regulations of our state quite a bit, but uh, they are going to be open for simulcasting beginning on June 20th, Belmont Stakes Day. So you can do that. Uh, of course, so many people 
are now using an ADW to wager. The handles around the country have been fantastic. And firstbet.com, that's a one, like number one, one onestbet.com. That is a great ADW to fund and wager from. And if you know somebody that just doesn't want to do that, well, now they can drive to the Muckle Chute. And if you live in eastern Washington, the trek to Northern Quest beginning on June 20th. So there is some stuff there. Okay. Hey, Vince Brune's going to be doing the morning line at Emerald Downs this year. That's correct, Joe. I've done it here uh, a few times in the past when Rob Rao, who's done it for so many years, would go out of town on short vacations or family functions or whatever. So I've dabbled in it before. And, you know, having followed races for as long as I have, I've got a pretty good feel for it, I think. It's inevitable that you're not going to be perfect, especially when you're kind of new at it. But I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I think a good morning line is extremely important for a racetrack, and I'm going to do my best to be accurate on that. And there's going to be some, there's always a few tough horses on a card to try to figure out where the public's going to go on. Of course, the morning line is what I believe the public will wager the final odds, starting odds to be. Okay. Yeah. No, the morning line is uh, something we all take a look at. In fact, uh, in handicapping our races for this podcast or for anything, you kind of want to glance at that. It just gets you kind of a feel of where you're at on your handicap. And then if you see something that, well, maybe I missed that or good. I like the odds on this horse. But the morning line, big part of uh, thoroughbred racing wagering. So Vince is going to be doing that this year. Vince is also, uh, I'm going to try and promote him for an analyst uh, historian job, second job, of course. He's our director of media relations here at Emerald Downs for our new Seattle hockey team because Vince is one hockey expert. I don't know if uh, Wes, our, our marketing director, Wes, did you know Vince is a super hockey expert? He is. Okay. So Vince, uh, where did your interest in hockey, how did it grow? Well, I... You know, I have there's five children in my family growing up, and the first three were born in Montreal, Quebec. Mm. And okay. uh, me and my younger sister, um, the older of two, um, the younger of two sisters, I'm sorry, um, were born in Seattle. But uh, so I kind of got it from my dad. They lived near St. Catherine Street in the early 50s, where the Montreal Forum was located. Mm. And of course, Montreal is one of the hockey meccas of the globe, uh, to this day. And the Canadians or the Habs had a lot of powerhouses back then. And so he kind of got me interested in it. And then I, uh, kind of took it to a, a higher level than, uh, he was kind of a casual observer, but I just started following the Canadians in the late sixties and haven't stopped. It's been kind of a rough go for us the last many years, but we kind of have been the New York Yankees of the yeah. national hockey league with 24 Stanley cups. Yeah, yeah. And when cable TV came out in the mid to late 70s, uh, I started watching a lot of uh, NHL hockey because uh, we had that channel and there weren't too many cable channels yes. back then. So, hockey night in Canada, yeah. five o'clock on Saturdays is a tradition. And the production and the commentating was always really good. They did a fine job uh, of doing that and presenting the sport. Um, so, yeah, it, it's. Uh, um, it's exciting to finally see a team coming to Seattle. Oh, um, I bet you are happy about that. So Vince is, uh, he's got just fantastic expertise in so many sports. He's got a great memory for champions and players and what they did in given years and boy, in hockey, it's right up there. So, uh, just a couple of hockey questions. Um, what made Wayne Gretzky great? Because, 
boy, in the early 80s, yeah. when he was really young, he started putting up these point totals that any casual sports fan had to notice. What made him so good? Well, yeah, the 1980s, when Wayne Gretzky was really at his peak, um, it was a high-scoring era in the National Hockey League. Okay. But no, Wayne Gretzky is probably, in my opinion, the greatest player of all time. Okay, he still goat. holds 61 National Hockey League records. Wow. Think about that, 61. <laughs> And the interesting thing about Gretzky, he was he was neither big, you know, he was pretty average, like 5'11", 180 pounds, nor particularly a fast skater. Um, two of the things you would think about if you're looking for a real expert-type hockey player these days. But similar to like Larry Bird in basketball, his vision was otherworldly. Okay. He would skate up the ice. He was a center. And by watching the movement of the defenders moving back, it kind of told him where his players were on the ice. That's why he could do things that made it look like he had eyes in the back of his head. His anticipation um, was amazing, his power of concentration and his consistency, but his agility, and he wasn't a fast game, but his agility and his ability to deke and move and all that, again, un uncontestedly, uh, probably the greatest of all times. Um, He's but, the GOAT, because the GOAT talking basketball has been big this spring. Yeah. With Michael Jordan, uh, his uh, documentary. Sure, and there are other players, Bobby Orr, Gordy Howe, you know, even guys like Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby today, um, certainly are fabulous Hall of Fame-worthy players. But in my opinion, just for, you know, like a, a decade of the, uh, what Wayne Gretzky did in the 1980s, like you say, getting 200 points in a season when the previous record was like 120 wasn't just breaking a record, it was rewriting the book. And again, it was interesting because he was a pretty average, plain-looking guy in terms of physical appearance. Yeah. Did uh, Does he still hold the single-season scoring record? Yes. He uh, does. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mario Lemieux, um, another great player, um, threatened it, but I believe it's 232 points. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to double-check that, but yeah. Wayne Gretzky. Okay, the GOAT in Vince's mind. Um, so that net isn't that big, and those goalies have a lot of pads on, and they kind of dominate the net, it, it looks now like. Now more than ever, yeah. The goalie equipment has gotten very big. So who's been the best shooter in your area? And uh, not to make age you or anything, but you've been following hockey almost 50 years now. Yeah, well, as as far as the hardest shot, I guess guys like Shane Weber, Zidane Ochara right now would be the top two. And then before that, Al McKinnis, who played with Calgary and St. Louis for many years, had the hardest slap shot. Um, so to relate it to today, the equipment might be a little bit better today, the sticks they use. So you got to maybe factor that in a little bit. Um, in terms of greatest shooters, I would I would say Mike Bossy of the I New remember. York Islanders. Yeah. Yari Curry, who was the right wing for Wayne Gretzky. Uh, played until he was early 40s yeah i mean he was a remarkable talent too uh as, when it comes to shooting the puck the guy who developed the slap shot was bobby hall who we've all heard of a left wing with the chicago blackhawks he had one of the hardest shots too and he was uh innovator too because no one had slapped the puck wound up and with their stick and shot a slap shot until bobby hall came around he was also the first to curve his stick mm -hmm. back in the early 60s so uh those are some of the great ones. Guy Lafleur from the Canadians, another right winger. He had a great shot for many years, lead the league in scoring. Okay, well, then you can, you, if you were listening, you know why Vince has a fondness for the Canadians. Uh, his siblings born there, his father, as well, and uh, pretty close to the to the forum there. What's the name of their arena now? It's it's now called the Bell Center. Bell Center. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a shame to see buildings like Boston Garden, Montreal Forum, Maple Leaf Gardens go away. Chicago Stadium. Those were all great arenas for basketball and hockey. 
Okay, some great expertise on hockey, and this is our Horse Racing Northwest podcast from Emerald Downs. How about horse ownership? You've been dabbling in that a little bit the last few years. What do you got this year? No, not a little. Uh, well, managing the Emerald Racing Club, yep. we got three horses there, but th- those horses are owned by the racing club. So other than that, I've just got uh, a small interest in a three-year-old filly by Smiling Tiger. Mm. Hopefully we'll be the debuting here pretty soon named Lirio Tergrado. Um, so we'll see. You know, the thing about having a first-time starter, as you know, Joe, it's uh, exciting in that you're not quite sure what you got. So I don't want to say one way or another, but, you know, she seems to be doing fine. So very, we'll see. Very good. Well, Smiling Tiger has just been tremendous. Uh, of course, he was a millionaire at the track out of Chandra Smiles, who was a Emerald Down Stakes winner. So you have a filly, a three-year-old filly. Three-year-old filly, yeah. And there was a Smiling Tiger that won it 90 to 1 or 80 to 1 at Santa Anita last week. An Oregon bred on the turf. I saw that. Uh, I don't know. uh, You kind of led the league, though, being a part owner of Sip and Fire, a horse of the meat, two years ago. He's back in training for Steve Bullock and us. That's great to see him out there. He's been back a couple of weeks. He ran uh, twice down in Turf Paradise after our meet ended and missed a good part of last year, but he's doing really good. James Wooten's been getting on him and is uh, really impressed. So that'll be a, a you know couple months before he makes a race. But uh, we also had three two-year-olds last year. Two of them raced and won. And Wilson DeLockett was stakes placed. He's back. Uh, also uh, tapped that spot, was a winner here. And she's back working well. We have a two-year-old, and of course, I'm talking about where we at. Our stable's pretty much run by David Israel, does a super job, Steve Bullock, the trainer. We have a two-year-old by 613 we purchased at the WTBOA sale, and he's been doing well, too. He should be able to run right up uh, front and center. So we have some horse interest, as well as uh, following all the other horses media-wise here at Emerald Downs. Again, opening day coming up Wednesday, June 24th, 2.15 p.m. Uh, let's uh, do the trivia from last week, and then we're going to get Blaine Wright on in. Okay, we didn't get a correct answer last week. We had three submissions. The question was, name one of three horses who have won a race at Emerald Downs at seven different distances. So that's quite an accomplishment for a horse. Boy, that is versatility there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Market Master, who led our career win list uh, for a couple of years, he could carry his speed going a mile and a quarter or so, and he was also fast in sprints. Uh, he won at seven different distances. It's Tough to Be Good was just a super marathon specialist mm-hmm. for Neil Knapp. Uh, won at a mile and three quarters, two miles, mile and a half, so forth. He won at seven different distances, and... Of course, the great Noosa Beach, who's in the Washington Hall of Fame. Those were one of those were the three horses. Yeah, and Noosa Beach. Wow, what a career he had! Little known fact about him: he started in Maiden twelve five. Yeah. Was his career debut? That's right. Noosa Beach, uh, the only horse to win five stakes races in one season at Emerald Downs. Of course, had that. Well, he had a great two and three year old seasons, but uh, four and five. What a uh, couple of straight years for Doris Harwood there. Noosa Beach. So uh, we had uh, three submissions, no correct answers, so no hat giveaway this week. 
but uh, maybe for next week. And our new question is, name the only two-year-old to lead an Emerald Downs meeting in earnings. Only one two-year-old in 24 seasons has been the top earner at the meeting. And send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Trivia at emeralddowns.com, if you know that one. I'm thinking if you don't have a media guide, you're going to have to make a few guesses on that one. Yeah, I I struggled trying to come up with that one, and you had to fill me in on who it was. It's a good question, though. Yeah, just one two-year-old, and we've had some fantastic two-year-olds over the years. But to lead the meet and earnings, you got to beat the mile winner in bucks, which isn't easy to do. Okay, hey, John White joined us. He was our first guest on... Uh, Horse Racing Northwest last week, and he told us Honor AP was going to win the Santa Anita Derby events, and Santa Anita Derby was taken by Honor AP, trained by John Sheriffs, Mike Smith aboard. And beat the one-to-two favorite, Authentic, yeah. yeah. Boy, how that horse looks like he wants to run two miles, Joe. He's got a big old stride, and you could see at the quarter pole he was going to win. So uh, I think he actually paid 660 or something like that, yeah. you know. For the way he won, that wasn't... Uh, Bad. Great pick by John there. He yeah. was he was on top of the Santa Anita Derby. John's column, you can access. He updates it every week this time of year. Expressbet.com. That's with an X P R E S S B E T. Expressbet.com and go to news. Click on news when you get to expressbet.com. John's got another fresh column in this week. So we're going to take just a short time out and we're going to come back with trainer Blaine Wright here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code SPORTOFKINGS when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. A be 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in a state where such activity is legal, void or prohibited, national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest. If you're listening, you know how to find us. Uh, you can pass that on. We're at, available through iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Or there is also a link at emeralddowns.com. Joe with Events Brewer. And joining us, uh, a Northwest-based trainer who has just uh, kind of turned Emerald Down Stakes competition on its ear the last few years. Uh, Vince, you have a couple stats about one Blaine Wright. Yeah, and I don't want to make it sound like Blaine's only stakes horses because he's got a great barn top to bottom and very balanced. But last four years, he's 31 for 122 in stakes. The next closest is, I think, 13 by Howard Belmore. Is that right? 15, yeah. 15. And then um, these are just a few of the horses, champions Blaine's had here at Emerald Downs the last few years. Any Port in a Storm, champion older horse sprinter, horse of the meeting last year, Baja Sur champions as two-year-old male, three-year-old male, Riser, top older horse, top three-year-old, top sprinter. Reginella won a title, top older filly or mare. 
Bellamy, a top two-year-old filly in 17, top three-year-old filly in 18. Emmett Park won a title as top sprinter. He's KG, top claimer, and on and on it goes. So you get the feeling it's uh, it's not a one-hit wonder back there with Blaine. And one of his uh, tremendous feats, really, among all those great accomplishments, especially the last five years, was how about in 2018 when he won every filly or mare stake with a different horse? Right down to the Washington Cup. Yeah, that was. A, that, I don't think that would ever be repeated anywhere, Joe. That was something. Blaine, uh, I, I'm sure it's uh, not a bad thing to hear a nice introduction. And uh, how you doing, man? How's 2020 treating you? Well, I mean, uh, 2020... Uh I don't know. We've gone back and forth. The year hasn't been horrible as far as racing goes, but I think uh, with the risk of you know COVID nineteen and and uh, now what's going on with um, you know uh, Black Lives Matter and and the rioting and things like that. Gosh, there's going to be a lot of changes in our world. Um, we're certainly uh, hanging in there and and uh, trying to get better every day. Very good. Well said. Yeah, it's just going to be one memorable year in all of our lives. Uh, We're making adjustments as we can. Uh, Emerald Downs getting ready to start in about 10 days. Uh, You're going to be really busy in California where you are right now this weekend. Uh, But uh, we're looking forward to seeing your horses on the track. And uh, tell us about the Albany last week. Uh, Baja, sir, and any port in a storm making their first starts in, in several months uh, for any port in a storm. First start since last year's thrilling Long Acres Mile in which he was just edged at the wire. But uh, how did your horses perform on in your eyes and how did they come out of that race? Uh, both of them looked pretty good coming out of the race. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I, I thought any port in a storm would run just about like he did. Uh, that horse, I don't want to tell you that he hates the grass. It's just not, he doesn't seem to quicken with the horses. He seems to run good enough to place, but he never, you know, he doesn't flourish on that track. And uh, there just wasn't a lot of availability out there for him. So we kind of settled for running there um, versus anything else. And at the same time, you know, Baja, uh, the horse ran super. We hooked a little crazy little fast horse named uh, Mike is now who win the race last year and he's no bigger in a minute but hmm. uh, he breaks like a quarter horse and you know we couldn't run him down what I liked was I thought that Baja uh, scrambled a little bit on the backside had a little bit of a tough going getting his footing underneath him uh, especially approaching the turn there and uh, kind of ran with his head up in the air but once he leveled off down the front side you know I think he uh, come at him pretty good and galloped out nice so uh, he'll be a horse I, I really look forward to running back on the grass a second time to to see if he figures it out. Um, I've always thought that horse would would go up to a mile. Uh, you know that would be um, our you know gangbuster plan this year is to to get him a six furlong race or two and then stretch him out to a mile, especially on the grass. Fair enough. Yeah, he's uh, accomplished on dirt, uh, ran a huge race on the main at Golden Gate last fall, and now a big race on the grass for Washington-bred Baja Sur by Smiling Tiger. Uh, And uh, he had... uh, Vince, Blaine had another big horse in last weekend. He did, yeah. Blaine, I thought a no-door, and I ran super in the Santa Anita Derby. Those of us who follow buyers a little bit, he got a 94, a career high, and he was well clear. The top four were well clear of the, the other group. A, a pretty pretty darn good effort from a no-door. Yeah, you know, real excited about that run. We actually, we didn't want him that close on the front end, but as it worked out, he broke so clean, which, 
he never breaks clean. He's always seems to be a step short, missing the break and leaving himself a little bit of a makeup time to do. And, you know, after the race, Victor uh, was like, I know we didn't really want him there, but he said, you know, when, when he broke clean in Louisiana, when Joel rode him and he reached up and kind of took a hold of him, he said he, he just shut it down. And he said, I remembered that. So I was trying not to, you know, gear him down too much because I didn't want to shut his race down. He seemed comfortable with where he was at. And, um, you know, it's never bad to be a cut below probably the Kentucky Derby horses. Um, hmm. You know, I don't know if we're going to stay on the trail. Uh, a lot of them are deflecting right now. I think we've lost three already this week of the top 10 point earners. So um, it'll be interesting to see how things unfold down the line. It looks like our horse pulled up, you know, pretty decent. And uh, he just got back today. We, we underwent some uh, uh, scans down at Santa Anita on, uh, you know, make sure everything's good and, be interesting to see what kind of path we choose for him here in the next month or two and, and, and which way we direct. Fair enough. Uh, so, a no to or Santa Anita Derby fourth against the heavyweights. Uh, and uh, you did mention you know, some of the issues that everybody's facing here in 2020. Um, but uh, you got helped out by a federal uh, stipend program to help your business and help you keep you going despite not racing uh, in California or uh, anywhere else for a while, Blaine. Yeah. I mean, that was something, you know, every business was available to, uh, you know, try to get and fortunate for, for me, I was able to to get that and help out with the business. And, um, you know, we didn't, obviously Emerald Downs didn't open up, uh, at all, uh, just yet. And certainly looking forward to that meet, but, um, you know, Golden Gate was running and she got shut down for five weeks. So, um, you know, it's been nice uh, to, to have that be able to take care of some things. You bet. And uh, you have a horse in this weekend in the Alcatraz, a uh, three-year-old for Peter Redekop, A Journey to Freedom, who that horse looks pretty darn accomplished. Uh, he's won a couple of times on the synthetic. Now you're going on the grass. How do you uh, think he'll fare this weekend? Well, he's a half-brother to another twist of fate. Uh, that whole mm. female line, uh, the mothers by uh, first defense, it's all grass pedigree. Um, you know, certainly been looking forward to it. Hard spuns do very well on the grass. Uh, there's a super nice horse in there named Better Trip Nick who hasn't done a dang thing wrong. Um, we ran our horse here two, three weeks ago against older horses sprinting, um, basically just trying to get a race into him so we didn't have to breeze him every single week uh that's something we've been looking forward to uh getting him on the grass and you know he's a type of horse where um you know if things play out you know maybe we'll see him at emerald downs and and uh he'll be there for um a couple of the three-year-old stakes and maybe go on to hastings for uh for the bc derby should he stay sound that's great uh journey to freedom's his name he's by hard spun he's in the seventh at golden gate on saturday the Alcatraz, a flat mile on the turf for three-year-olds. You mentioned another twist of fate participant in the Preakness last year and well-known by all horse fans and handicappers in the winter and spring of 2019 with some tremendous efforts. Uh, how's he doing? Doing good. He actually just had his first breeze last week and uh, you know, just gave him a little bit of a leg stretcher. Uh, it wasn't a recorded time, but he'll have... Uh, hopefully his first recorded time this week and 
um, you know, we don't have any set plans with the horse uh, uh, right now. We're just trying to get him back to the race. Fantastic. Another twist of fate. And Blaine uh, just uh, it's got a stable full of great clients here in the Northwest. We mentioned Peter Redekop, Dave Mowat, uh, Todd and Sean Hansen, uh, the Marianskis, Schneiders, uh, and Luigi DiPietro and so forth. Uh, just have really uh, enjoyed your success because it's been their success as well. I see you've got a couple of young horses in on Friday uh, a couple of first-time starters that look to be pretty well-bred. Tell us about those two, uh, Colavito and Salivali. Is that it? Yeah, Salivali. Um, yeah, those two have worked pretty much together every single time. Um, you know, I don't, I don't put a lot of pressure on the babies. We we work them, try to work them often, work them steady. Um, both of them are a little bit of rambunctious stud colt type of horses. Um, you know, I don't know what to expect. I, I would say they're the types of horses you watch the paddock and watch the post parade. Mm-hmm. If they hold it together mentally, I think uh, either one of them could be, a, you know, a decent horse. Um, um, at the same time, uh, I don't really give instructions with the babies. I just tell the riders to ride them because, you know, the races are always so short that if you break bad, it, you know, it takes a special horse to overcome a lot of that. So I always just kind of tell them let them break and sit wherever they're sitting and uh you know if they break bad don't use too much up down the back side because they always come up empty in the front side and you just kind of use that as a schooling race so um for me it's time to get going uh with these babies as you know the other eight that are in the race and um you know it's gorgeous weather here in the bay right now so we're just uh you know looking to hopefully end the meet on a good note very good Blaine, one other question. How do you, you know you've got big barns at both Golden Gate and Emerald Downs? Your time must be at a premium. Uh, well, you know, I didn't come home for quite some time because of the COVID. I was taking a new to or to uh, Louisiana or to uh, Arkansas. So I kind of, you know, they wanted me to quarantine. So I, I let Coco and Chava run the barn in Seattle. Those kids, you know, they could go anywhere in the world and work and run somebody's barn. They, um, uh, uh, the barn in Seattle looks tremendous. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully the meat goes pretty good. Um, I've been flying lately and there's, it's not real, real busy, but, uh, it seems to me like it's starting to open up quite a bit. And, um, you know, summer months are always the greatest months. We'll probably have a small stable at Del Mar this year, uh, or at least run down there. If we're, you know, if we don't stable there, we'll be at least running and, um, just trying to get through it. Very good. Is this are these your first two two-year-olds to start in 2020? Yes. Okay. Colavito and Sally Volley in the fifth at Golden Gate on Friday. Couple of uh, promising juveniles. Well, just uh, so many great horses to talk about. I know Reginella's in again this weekend as uh, she's coming off a win. But uh, uh, Blaine, hey, thanks for taking time on uh, Horse Racing Northwest, our podcast from Emerald Downs. Uh, saw you this week and hope to see you soon and have a great weekend. Right on. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, thanks Blaine. Blaine. Blaine Wright joining us on Horse Racing Northwest and just a little bit to go in the show. We'll be back with our final segment in just a moment. Muckleshoot Casino welcomes you back with safety as our top priority. Muckleshoot Casino is your destination for more than 3,000 gaming machines. 
Use your player's club card to earn points for free play, meals, or cash back. And feast on a variety of delectable dining options. Muggleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Visit us online to learn more about our safety measures. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs. And again, opening day coming up Wednesday, June 24th. That's Wednesday, first race, 2.15 p.m. We're going to go Thursday, June 25th at 5 p.m. Right after Golden Gate uh, ends their card on a Thursday. So, uh, hey, a lot going on on the show on this uh, particular edition of Horse Racing Northwest. Thanks to Wayne Wright for joining us. Uh, Pet Peeves, let's uh, pick that up again next week. Uh, I don't want to sound like an angry guy and have a you know, strong pet peeve every week, man. So, so, you know, I'm mostly happy, you know. No, we're allowed to have them. Okay. I mean, we've been around. We, yeah. As long as we're fair on them, I, I think your points have been well taken on them. Exactly. Okay, handicapping. Uh, let's uh, talk about a couple of races coming up this weekend. I'm going to go to a stable mail horse, Vince. Hang on a sec, Joe. we got to give you credit for picking a winner last week. Okay. Nice going. That's fine. Thank you. Vacoma won the Carter. Uh, he was bet down to a pretty strong favorite in there. They had one key scratch among the, there was four horses that were pretty close on the morning line, but Bacoma looks like he's going to be an important horse this year, Vince, and he dominated that Carter. Yeah, that was a huge effort. Watch it a couple times, and like you said, he, he was a dominant horse, and uh, the um, excellent pick by you. Okay, yeah. well, thank you. And uh, you're going to go, are you going to another first-time starter? You've I done am. your research. And yeah, now the one last week uh, was kind of a dud, but that happens sometimes when you're playing first-time starters, you know, and then well, the one didn't run too well last week, so we'll see. I think a class drop might be in order for that horse. Uh, that would be the only way to entice me to bet that one back. But yes, I'm going to go to race one at Santa Anita, Saturday, June 13th. This is a Maiden special weight at four and a half furlongs for California bred two-year-old fillies. And the horse I like here is number four, Mamba Queen, four to one on the morning line, the third choice. And a couple things I like about this one, Square Eddie, the sire, Joe, we know has been a good mm-hmm. sire yeah. in uh, California. Surprised to read, he's been pensioned as a stud. He's 14 years old. So yeah, really? I don't know if it was a physical issue or whatever. Yeah. Sounds and, like it, yeah. Because he seemed to be just in... Uh, right in the throes of a very good career at stud. But this one's out of a damn uh, charred rare who, um, well, let me get my numbers here. Okay. Her four foals to date are 20 for 58 with $590,000 in earning, including Carnivorous and Sizzlin' Square, who both were two-year-old debut winners. Key. That is key, yeah. And Jeff Bonney, the trainer, long-time very good history with two-year-olds and his... Young horses usually show speed, and most of these four-and-a-half furlong races are go to the swift. Most of them, almost all of them, the horse that has the lead into the stretch is your winner. And I actually thought for the level, the race came up kind of weak. There's uh, Peter Miller has a first-time starter called um, Spicy Sommelier, who will be the favorite. by It's uh, a filly by Stay Thirsty out of a Harlan's Holiday Mare and shows some good work at... Uh, San Luis Ray Downs with Flavian Pratt taking them out. The horse will attract a lot of money. But I think if uh, Mamba Queen gets out of the gate, she has a chance to go gate to wire here. So we'll take another chance with a first-time starter. Okay. Square Eddie out of a real good producing family and a couple of uh, two-year-old debut winners. Yeah, Peter Miller. I think he's won a couple of those two-year-old races recently. Oh, boy, he's tough in those, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go to Laurel, and this is because of a stable male horse. 
Uh, Laurel's eighth race on Saturday is a five and a half furlong turf sprint for fillies and mares. It's an N1X. Quiet Imagination is first on the also eligible list. So she's drawn way outside. However, June 1st, now she's coming back in 12 days for trainer Tim Woolley. Uh, on June 1st, she had the 11 post of 12 going five and a half on the grass. And uh, Toledo gave her a pretty good ride. She got shuffled back. He didn't uh, get excited early. And then he had a chance to go inside or outside. A horse next to him went inside, so he went outside. She finished really fast to be beaten a length and three quarters. She changed her leads late. She was 32 to 1. It was her first time on grass since her career debut, six races before that. Quiet Imagination by Imagining, a Giants Causeway Stallion out of a Quiet American mare. I put her on stable mail in her second career start when she ran second at Laurel on the dirt. And she really was the best horse that day. She got stopped a couple of times in the stretch, finished second. Then she broke her maiden on the dirt. Uh, but she seems to like uh, a turf sprint. And from the outside, it wasn't a huge problem last time. So 15 to 1 morning line on Quiet Imagination. Eighth race, Laurel on Saturday. She needs to draw in. There is one horse entered for the main track only. So if it stays on grass, looks like she'll get in. And uh, let's hope it's around 15 to 1. So there's a couple of handicapping angles. I like it, Joe. You sold me. All right. On Horse Racing Northwest. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Tell your friends. And uh, Emerald Downs just around the corner for 2020. We'll do it again next week. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs. Thanks for joining us.